Report in. Red 10 standing by. Red 9 standing by. Red 3 standing by. Red 6 standing by. Red 9 standing by. You're listening to the Ion Cannon Podcast. Laugh it up, fuzzball. Your source for entertainment reviews from a galaxy far, far away. This is it. He laser clickers. Welcome to the Ion Cannon Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Stephen, and I'm joined by my friends and co-hosts, Tom and William. Today, we're discussing Season 1, Episode 11 of The Resistance, titled Station Theta Black. Now, before we dive into the episode, we've got an announcement I'm particularly excited about. So, William, why don't you tell us about that? Yes, we're getting Thrawn Treason, the third and sounds like final novel in the Thrawn, new Thrawn trilogy, I guess you could say. And now I'm sad. I don't know. Maybe it's not final. final? I don't know. It can't be final. It cannot be final. Well, so let's... Okay, maybe... So I'll read the description and you can can come to your own conclusions. Okay. So Grand Admiral Thrawn faces the ultimate test of his loyalty to the Empire in this epic Star Wars novel from best-selling author Timothy Zahn. If I were to serve the Empire, you would command my allegiance. Such was the promise Grand Admiral Thrawn made to Emperor Palpatine at their first meeting. Actually, I feel like I could do that better. If I were to serve the Empire, you would command my allegiance. Is that better? A little, a little more? It's a little bit better. A little better? Yeah, yeah, maybe, a little um, bit better. Um, needs a little more cackling almost. Yeah. You know? <laughs> hey, this is Thrawn to the Emperor, not the Emperor to Thrawn. It's, it's, um, it's close. Oh, but, I guess that's uh, true. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, you're good. Since then, Thrawn has been one of the Empire's most effective instruments, pursuing its enemies to the very edges of the known galaxy. But as a weapon, but as keen a a weapon as Thrawn has become, the Emperor dreams of something far more destructive. Now as Thrawn's TIE Defender program has halted in favor of Director Krennic's secret Death Star project, he realizes the balance of power in the Empire is measured by more than just military acumen or tactical efficiency. Even the greatest intellect can hardly compete with the power to annihilate entire planets. As Thrawn works to secure his place in the Imperial hierarchy, his formal protege, Eli Vanto, returns with a dire warning about Thrawn's homeworld. Thrawn's mastery of strategy must guide him through an impossible choice, duty to the Chiss ascendancy or fealty to the empire he has sworn to serve even if the right choice means committing treason. Coming summer 2019. I'm in. Yep, I'm so I'm in. Sold. Yep. 100%. Definitely. You got Thrawn, Director Krennic, the Emperor, Thrawn going against the Emperor. I'm pretty sure Vader's going to show up the here Death too. Death Star. V- yeah, Vader. I mean, what's not to love? Also, you know, going... Sounds like to the Chiss ascendancy potentially. That would be I cool. Hope so. I mean, uh, I've um, been waiting for that book since the uh, Thrawn duology. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, there were. Uh, um, I can't remember if it was Tom or Elizabeth. Someone at Del Rey was hinting about potentially going into the unknown regions in this book. So uh, on Twitter. So yeah, I'm. Uh, oh, this is gonna be so good. Okay, and you're you're right. You know, it may not be the final book. I just. I get the impression that it's kind of all coming to a head, but mm-hmm. 
No, no, and admittedly, well, the last book took place before season three of season. Sorry, between seasons three and four mm-hmm. uh, right. of Rebels. There's not a lot of Thrawn time left that's unaccounted for. That's true, and this is they did say this is before the season finale as of Rebels or the series finale, as mm-hmm. you would guess. So, um, yeah. So we I think we will probably hear about Price in this book. Oh, I'm sure. Like the yeah. last Thrawn, we'll probably so hear, many ties into we'll, Rebels. We'll, yeah, I mean that's going to be cool about this book. It's going to definitely tie into the season ending of Rebels. That's what I'm looking forward to. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I um, oh, I can't wait. And it's already coming this summer, so we've got another book to look forward to. In the meantime, we have Master and Apprentice uh, coming uh, in, I believe, February. Um, we got a, a good, good old. Uh, 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 we also have a Padme book coming. Yes, out, no, maybe that that's the that's the February one. No. Yeah, that's uh, the, the Master and Apprentice is April. That's what it was. Wow, we've we've kind of had this. It's been a um, we haven't really had any new Star Wars books in a while, mm-hmm. right? Since the I think since the summer, um, and and now we're gonna get books in February and April and then summer again. February, April, June, probably. I'm guessing probably June, July. Um, so we're gonna be back to lots and lots of Star Wars books. But yeah, the uh, the Padme book. Uh, that's the one coming. That should be a good one. In, that one uh, I'm looking forward to. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I along yeah. with this one. Now that this one got announced, this one, this one is like right there up my on my list of books to read. Yeah. Me too. Me too. So, uh, cannot wait. Lots of good stuff coming. But uh, in the meantime, we have well, uh, some important notes from last week's episode. Actually, in case you guys were wondering. Uh, before we jump into the, this week's episode, um, we we recorded our review of uh, our review of Secrets and Holograms before the episode guide went up. So there's a few more details that you guys might like to know, including uh, particularly the fact that the episode guide mentions that Doza is a kind-hearted man who left the Empire once he learned of its atrocities because he didn't know who he was really working for. Now, Stephen, we were talking last week about your your theory that Doza is is the you know the red herring and the Captain Doza, and that the real spy or the real First Order sympathizer is actually his daughter, Tora. True. With this revelation that you know, I, I don't know that the, he's a kind of hard man. It feels like they're almost taking the focus away from it- Doza being the the spy. Well, I think we already know kind of in universe that, or sorry, even in the show, he's not the spy. I they think certainly he's the, try to make he's, viewers think he's, he's the, but he's the target of Kaz's suspicion, which I think is the right. Thing. That's true. Like, because Kaz, you know, even up into through this episode, he talks about Doza as if Doza is like an Imperial sympathizer, at least. Right. Mm-hmm. And we know, um, but, but we even know just from the scenes we see, he does, he's Doza not just welcoming order. the first order in. Yeah, yeah. It, he we know there's a little more going on there. That's true. So maybe it doesn't change anything, but it's good to know that sure. uh, you know he left at some point when he learned of its atrocities, and maybe that's when he met uh, Yeager back when he was a New Republic pilot. I don't know. Okay, I but how know. could he have left the Empire and not have somebody go after him, depending on his rank? I mean, it didn't seem like the Empire was something in which he could actually just willingly leave <laughs> well i think even if you use, knew of the he might have used jack who is that opportunity because yeah, you're right tom normally you can't leave 
Yeah. All right. Well, hang on now. Like, first of all, if he left during Jakku, that's not really leaving. I mean, that's he could say literally he the did. day the Empire ceased. It's like quitting when they know you're they're gonna be you're gonna be fired. Except, I guess you don't get the severance package. Yeah, you don't get the severance package. Like, you don't actually don't like get to say quitting, I'm fired. It's like quitting the day your company goes bankrupt. Right. Like, sure, you quit, <laughs> but you wrote it down to the very very end. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, fair enough. I, well, I, I I don't think at this point thinking about it, it's not that important of when he left. It's just a good backstory for him to maybe put him as the red herring to uh, Kaz and have Kaz think that he is the spy just because he has an Imperial uniform in his closet. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So. Well, and then uh, one more thing I did want to mention. Um, I, I would be remiss if we didn't talk about this. I mentioned it briefly at the end of our review of um, the platform classic, but I have to be honest, I actually, I actually snuck it in there after we recorded um, because I couldn't believe I'd forgotten. Really? I had it right there in the show notes and I completely spaced. Steven, Get did it, you space. notice the music in the background of Anzi's Cantina in the platform classic? Uh, William, no, of course I didn't notice. It was Javar's Cantina from Kotar. They pulled the Kotar music. Oh wow! I, that's really cool, and I'm annoyed I missed it, but I still missed it. <laughs> wow! <laughs> Sorry, hey, I did not. I did not listen to it my I first played. time. Oh. It took my second viewing, and I thought that was the coolest thing. And I, I went back in after we finished recording because I can't, I couldn't believe I skipped over it in the show notes. And How dare I, you, I re-recorded a little bit and put it in at the <laughs> end. But oh. you had one job. I did. I it was the number one thing I was most excited about in that episode, and I completely failed to mention it. Um. So I just wanted to make sure we brought it up again because, wow, that was, it was so cool. It was so cool. I love Kotar and I love music, clearly, as you guys know. And mm. the fact that they snuck in some Kotar music in the background, it was just, it was amazing. It was amazing. That's it was my best music, the best musical choice they've done on the show so far. So That's cool. Anyway, That's cool. Um, but uh, we're not here to talk about music from two episodes ago. Nor uh, are we are here sure? to talk about Thrawn in more detail, um, as much as we love Thrawn. Well, we'll talk about Thrawn later when we re- read the book and review it. Yes. So definitely, yeah. Yes. But in the meantime, Tom, what are we talking about today? Well, tonight we're going to be talking about uh, Resistance, Season 1, Episode 11, Station Theta Black. This was written by Brandon Alman and directed by Sergio Paez. Now, in this episode, Poe and Kaz find an abandoned First Order mining facility in the Unknown Regions. Unfortunately, BB-8 discovers that the facility isn't abandoned. Now, okay, now, was that a bit of a gray area that it wasn't abandoned? I mean, it, it, it's a droid, so technically... Well, we, and, they know, also I, did abandon it until they decided to come back and blow it up. Yeah, but, but the there was still a droid in there. You know, protecting the thing. That's, I don't think it counts as no. abandoned. Yeah, I don't think so either. They were going to come back. Well, we'll get into the episode, mm-hmm. but you know, the the thing yeah. thing that surprised me, we actually got to see the fireball and this time fly in space. We did, which was that really cool. Was surprising. It's kind of a stretch, though, right? It, well, fly well, is fly. This fly is a stretch. Okay, yeah, it's it's a stretch. I, no, I take that back. You know what? It did fly. It just didn't, you know, land or fly. Yes, I land. It, no. Well, and, and also when it came to landing, it had a little bit of help landing. So yeah. you have to look at it that way. I mean, so that this was 
uh, you know, they, they usually try to include all the different, all the characters in each episode, but this is the first time we haven't seen, um, you know, some of the, some of the main characters like, like uh, Niku, like Niku. He was nowhere to, to be found in the episode. We only got very, very brief shot of, of Yeager and Tam as Tam was reacting in horror to the fact that, uh, Yeager lent the fireball, uh, to Kaz, which, you know, or poor choice. Yeah. Well, it's a poor choice. It's a poor choice because it's surprising Jaeger lent it to him, but Tam comes running in going, um, excuse me, but I was in the middle of repairing this and it's missing like a very important piece to like the stabilizers. I mean, who needs for stabilizers really? Also, well, is anyone surprised that, that Kaz failed to notice something kind of important was missing before takeoff? Like, I guess no pre-flight checks. Good point. No, I would, didn't he, not he, hear, he says he did an, a full check of the entire ship. Did he really? Okay, he, yeah. there's what he said. There's what he said, and then there's what he did. Yeah. Well, I'm telling you what he said. <laughs> yeah. Especially uh, because... Clearly he missed something. Yeah, clearly. One thing I found odd is that, and Stephen, I love your thoughts on this, Okay, a st- stabilizer, I-, I believe, is supposed to help stabilize the ship, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, What's I, it? Is I it, think so. Is it stabling seems, the flight? Is it stabil- seems like a reasonable assumption. Yeah, and so I was very surprised that, or I was confused a little bit, that the ship was at risk of exploding when flying through the middle of space with nothing around it. Is it wouldn't it just contr- like make it difficult? I thought the stabilizer was helps it you know, fly in a straight line, basically. I, um, I would assume so, particularly maybe for like atmospheric flight is right. when you would, I can see a stabilizer mm-hmm. being most useful. Yeah. Um, yeah, because once it gets in outer space, there's really no friction. So it no should friction, be that there's no, no obstacles, no real force being acting upon other than like, you know, solar radiation. But yeah. stabilizers don't really help there. Um, Unless it's stabilizing you know, the I, engine I, or something. I don't know, but. Like not literally stabilizing, more like stabilizing the you know to make it so that the engine does not become unstable. But oh, that's that a good could, one. That could that's be. Yeah, it's a, a little okay. odd that you would see that only after it's been going for you know presumably a couple hours, but mm-hmm. possible, yeah. I suppose. Okay, now now another little elephant in the room here. I wouldn't say a little elephant, but wouldn't you think BB-8 would have noticed something like that if he was sitting there as the co-pilot and he's doing a diagnostic? Wouldn't you think he'd notice that there's something missing sure. once yeah. it got airborne? BB-8 has gone clearly gone soft around Kaz. There's yeah. no other. Ex- there's no B- other. Ex- BB-8 trusts Kaz to that do the pre-flight check. Broad statement that I don't think is earned, William. <laughs> Wow, those three words. BB-8 trust Kaz now. I mean, just so even even once Poe comes and offers to, you know, uh, to help him, right? And he he, he even says you know, that he gets captured by the Tantive Four's tractor beam, and um, he says that you know the the resistance will help repair the ship, right? Um, what I we didn't don't see later though was Tam and and. Yeager's reaction to Kaz coming home with a repaired ship. Like, thank you. He can't, you. he can, can't you. even find a cam slider when he doesn't even know how to hand a cam slider to Marcus Speedstar two episodes mm-hmm. ago. How in the world is supposed to fly off without a stabilizer, almost explode and come back perfectly fine with a ship 
completely repaired, and I would hope the res resistance mechanics are able to, I don't know, fix a little more of the fireball while they're at it. Like, let's make I, it yeah, a little less dangerous. I, I, this I, mean I the, the same thing. Does this mean the fireball is actually fixed for the first time in, what, 11 episodes? Well, okay, now, I hope okay, so. now wait a minute. Okay, but wait, wait, wait. For him to keep his cover, they're not going to have to fix it. That's true. So, That's, yeah. Okay. You but, make a very good point, Tom. Yeah, but to get him back, though, he would probably need that stabilizer because if he had that much of an issue to where he's complaining to BB-8 in space, oh, my God, we're going to die, blah, 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 because the thing's ready to explode. I mean, there was red flashing lights and everything. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, I think there was, there was maybe smoke in the cockpit, and BB-8 was about maybe ready to eject. I don't know. But um, Kaz was saying his goodbyes. Yeah, I mean, you'd, he'd have to have a stabilizer to get back to the planet because they're not going to take the Tantive into the atmosphere and just drop him off willy-nilly because the Tantive is going to be seen. Yeah, You make a good point. Thank you. I have lots of questions about how he's going to hide this from everyone. Okay. And even if, he, realize, even if he does survive, just people are going to be still shocked. Yeah, and I think what's going to be interesting is in the next episode, they probably won't address it and it'll just blow over. Oh, I guarantee you. I'm yeah. for sure. Yeah. I will be very shocked and impressed if they do address it. But I don't. And and don't it would it would be interesting by this perspective. If they don't address it in the episode, the next episode around, you could see a little bit more of a question maybe a couple episodes later with Tam or anybody finally coming to the realization that he was able to make it back. Mm-hmm. And put more suspicion on him. There's something going on because if he does come back with a repaired ship, if they address it now, this okay. Let me back it up here. If it's addressed in the next episode, that would put more suspicion on him that he's a spy, and that would put Doza's daughter onto him, Tam onto him. So that's going to definitely make more of a red flag on Cam, uh, Kaz in the in, on the Colossus. So the Resistance can't fix it. Yeah, they can't fix it. Or, I mean, or they just need to fix it enough that he can show up and, you know, land, which isn't much. Right. Or they give him a stabilizer and at the last minute it ejects over the planet so he can land without a stabilizer. I don't know. Crazy things. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever it is, I'm very curious to see if they address it, although somehow I don't think I, they will. Yeah, I, I don't would, think they will. I wouldn't bet on it. <laughs> yeah, I totally agree. But it would be cool if they did. It really would. It would. It would. Uh, but we we what we do get is a extended version of the resistance theme in this episode. Uh, it is the mid season finale, but uh, it's still its inclusion was surprising because typically they do that for very big or important episodes, or maybe just the episode came in a little under runtime, so they they had the ability to use an extended version. Um, but e- even the even the music at the end, both the intro and the outro were new slash extended um, to kind of indicate this is a special episode of sorts. That's pretty cool. Yeah. That is cool. Yeah. It's a nice little touch. Yeah, it was. What was also a nice little touch is we got to see Leia in this episode. And and we, we basically got to see Kaz hand Leia that little... Um, information thing that he copied from Doze's data pad. 
had we seen Leia before in Resistance? No. I think we saw her, we but saw, we, we didn't saw, hear her. Yes, exactly. Yes. Yeah, this is the first time the voice actress actually actually gave voice to the character. Wow. Which, okay, okay quick quick side tangent. Um, I, I think they changed the voice actress between when the series was announced and... Uh, and this episode, uh, when they announced Resistance, um, they uh, uh, they originally had cast Rachel Butera, um, mm-hmm. but there was I guess she took some heat in the press in October for some comments made on social media, yep. and the next thing you know, Carolyn Hennessy is there playing Leia. So I don't know if they made some sort of change behind the scenes with the actress and just didn't didn't publicize it or or what but um i thought she actually it, did a carolyn i think she did a great job as leia yeah i think she did an outstanding job yeah. Leia's one of those characters that i feel it's, it's, she's really hard to capture uh the voice correctly mm-hmm. um well like padme is always uh, you know i i thought like um you know the people who've who've played Padme over the years have done a, a, a great job, but Leia's always kind of sounded a little off. Um, you know, Cat Tabor especially as as you know as as Princess Leia. Um, mm-hmm. But I think but with this, print, she was really I good. Think this, I think with this Leia, the difference was Carrie Fisher being being who she was vocal wise mm-hmm. there was a little bit more rasp in the voice yeah i, I yeah. feel you can i feel you can get away with um padme's voice by not to say that anybody could do the voice but there's no rasp to it as mm-hmm. long as you can get the acting down to it the inflection right feel of the padme yeah. yeah and be generally around natalie portman's character you can nail padme in a heartbeat but when it comes to carrie fisher it seems like it's that raspiness to it, and also the way you know her her diction was as you're as you're listening to her up on screen. There's a cadence to her, mm-hmm. and that's I think is what made it difficult. And uh, uh, Carolyn Hennessy pulling it off did a great job. Yeah, there was the, I think it was missing a little bit of that softness that Leia has because it's like a raspy mm-hmm. voice with with a, a softness too underlying, mm-hmm. like a yep. um, or affection almost underneath. Um, but no, she did it. She did a really, a really, really wonderful job. Yeah, um, and uh, a lot of parallels to the Last Jedi as well. With you know Leia even stressing to Poe not to engage the enemy multiple times. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. it felt yeah. very, very much felt like the Last Jedi, which I appreciated. Um, yeah, I love that. That was actually a very, very good nod. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, after they, after Kaz gives. Leia the information she you know she decides to send um Poe and Kaz because Poe decides to take Kaz along with him into the unknown regions to try to you know find a um uh to to discover these to uh uncover these these beacons basically uh or this this first order base they don't really know what's going on but as a side note Go not ahead. a great idea to leave beacons to your secret base. <laughs> doesn't well, doesn't really help hide it. Totally get it, but there are also I think there for uh wasn't it the beacon who not the droid that was in the station, but the beacons that actually alerted uh 
I'm going to spoil it. Phasma and the First Order that there were people mm-hmm. heading to the station because they was it the beacons? No, I. Okay, so it was the droid. I think it was the droid. Okay. Maybe the maybe they you know the the crew decided to add the beacons in there to add tension to her. I was like, you know what, something is wrong here, mm-hmm. and it could have been there if you want to look at it as navigational aid for the First Order. They had to be within this beacon area because if not because of where it was located they could have get you know pulverized by an asteroid yeah i think it's more of like you know a path once the base itself is already hard enough to find and a tiny little beacon in a huge void okay they weren't they didn't appear so. to be that tiny just, you know i, I mean, mean we were talking about the, the, the vastest we, of space yeah well true okay tiny enough yeah but yes you're right uh but it leads them to station Theta Black, a pretty cool-looking First Order base hidden inside yeah. of an asteroid, and they decide mm-hmm. to investigate further because why not do surveillance from the inside? That's, uh, that's uh, just that's, that's Poe. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> uh, thoughts on uh, Station Theta Black, the episode's namesake? I thought it looked pretty cool. I thought like, it was designed too. Neat little asteroid mining facility. Mm-hmm. I think it's and the way they had they have, the way they had it ringed with all the the stuff around it. Yeah, you could see they were basically tearing the asteroid from the inside out. Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah. I think it's telling that uh, Poe says this is the biggest first order base they've seen yet. Yeah. Right. Yeah, it shows us just how little they've seen of the first order, and just how much they will see <laughs> in a few short months. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's for sure. It's actually, so, can we spoil, well, it's not really spoiling. Can we talk about why the station was there? Of course, let's do it. What they yeah, discovered. go ahead. Yeah. So, we discover that the First Order's mining was, I'm blanking on the name, Dendrite? Dead, Deadlinite. Uh, close yeah. enough. Very close. Yeah, you're close. Something, so they're, they're mining dandruff, and... Uh, <laughs> Better. So that's closer. Yeah. Um, and we, you know, Poe comments that, okay, they're, they're mining all this for use in weapons, and it was one of those details that I wish they'd spent a little more time on because it actually fits in so nicely with a lot of what we read, particularly in like bloodlines mm-hmm. around how the first order, like everyone knows it exists and knows they're you know a little on the off the deep end, but no one really believes that they're actually a threat to anyone yet because mm-hmm. they've got this alliance and everyone's agreed they're not going to build weapons. And so it's OK. And I, I wish they'd spent a little bit more time on it because it's such a neat detail that's like, nope, the first order is doing all these types of things totally in secret. And that's mm-hmm. what makes, I mean, really it's what causes the force awakens to happen. Yeah. And that's why the resistance exists. Cause no one in the Republic will believe what's going on. Well, and it's also fascinating to me. I, I totally agree. It's fascinating to me that later Kaz says that even with the evidence that they collect, um, mm-hmm. you know, the Senate will not believe them because, um, you know, part of it, I guess, is because, well, they, they, they make the case that some of the senators are involved in the creation of the weapons uh, mm-hmm. and have a stake in it. But, mm-hmm. you know, the, this evidence, even even the evidence of this base is not enough to turn them against the First Order, the, the rising threat that is the First Order. Well, I even, I saw that as, remember back in um, Last Jedi when you had DJ telling Rose and Finn that the arms dealer that they stole the ship from was basically playing both sides. That's what I think has, you know, mm. when it comes to the senators and stuff, everybody's playing both sides at this point within the Republic. 
Mm-hmm. So, Absolutely. Yeah. Which is part of the reason why it, it crumbles so, you know, so quickly. Um, but I don't know. It's, it's just, it was surprising to me that part of the, in part of the part at the beginning of the episode, they're like, well, we have to get this evidence. And then later they're like, well, nobody's going to believe this evidence. I'm like, wait, why did you, why did you need it? And why was the, it, it well, it's why was the first for order the, for the resistance to understand what's happening and be, right. I mean, as prepared as they can be. Yes. And, and it's, and, it's not, it's not so much the evidence they're doing the basic reconnaissance to see at this point, how far the first order is, how big the first order is. Okay. This was a base that believe it or not, uh, Kaz and Poe come to find out it was going to be destroyed, mm-hmm. but they need to see they needed, ev- they needed to do reconnaissance and evidence to just say, okay, if the Senate's not going to get behind us, we need to know what's going on. The resistance needs to know what's going on. Mm-hmm. And this is the best way for us to do it. And look at it this way. They probably can't get the support of the entire Republic, but they, this right. is probably enough to start convincing other people now to start people that, That's Hey, true. Yeah. we can, it's time to put some funding into the resistance, head your bets because something's yeah. happening. And I guess that explains why the first order is so dead set on destroying every last shred of evidence on the base. So they, mm-hmm. they don't give the mm-hmm. first order any additional recruiting tools, I guess. So they don't get the resistance, any you know additional recruiting tools against the first order. Absolutely. Yeah. But, um, you know, they were, they were already planning on destroying. I, I got the impression at least they're already planning on destroying station theta black, right? Oh yeah, I think before yeah, uh, yeah. Oh and Kaz even got there, it just they just kind of was... accelerated their plans when yeah, when they they found out that to a certain uh, extent why they were taking their time destroying it, nobody will know. But thanks to Kaz and Poe, it was or, pushed up a little bit. Or why they had to land in order to destroy it when apparently the thing they're going to yeah. use is going to blow up the entire asteroid anyway. Yeah, that's actually a good point. <laughs> it's. Uh, you gotta make so sure they, clearly they use um why am I blanking what it's called? Hyper uh not hyper it is hyperfuel. Coaxium. Uh, what's it? Coaxium. There you go. Like the style of the explosion is clearly meant mm. to be like a coaxium explosion. It is one of those things like if you're if you if coaxium is that explosive, why like I don't think you need a Death Star anymore. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just just Throw give like a little cup of coaxium. And, and, like, yeah. yeah. That's yeah, true. but I think a Death Star or a Star Killer base makes more of a statement than just throwing well, coaxium. Yeah. Yeah. Now, what did what did you guys think of this one when Poe actually hands Kaz a gun? What did you think of all that? Uh, as if uh Kaz can't be any more useless. Yeah. He's he's only he fired weapons in simulation. Yeah, and he was so bumbling in this. I mean, in the military, they still teach pilots how to shoot, right? Yeah. Marine Corps pilot always goes with a uh, sidearm, and, and like, they're also a rifleman first. And like real weapons, not just like yeah, simulation. A simulation or a simulated weapon or whatever oh, it is. Oh, that's okay. Uh, oh yeah. well, that's just it's too bad. I did love how you know when they they left the ships, the CB twenty three like remotely piloted the X wings away from the station and hid them. It was just really cool looking. That was cool. Yeah. Yep. A lot of really good space sequences in this mm-hmm. episode, I'd say. Okay, and and to take an overall look at this episode, did this one actually feel like a Star Wars episode to you? It felt Dwarf. pretty close, I would say. Yeah. Yeah. I I would agree. Out of out of everything we've had so far, this one felt more Star Wars cuz we actually got to see a space battle. 
We got to see a tentative five and we got to see the first order and we didn't get to see any racing this time. We actually had something that moved the story again forward big time. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, it was a, it was a good, it was a good episode. We, you know, we got some nice ties into the force awakens with the sentry droid that spots them. Mm -hmm. And actually um, we get to see it, how it expands becomes this multi-tiered droid with these terrifying appendages um and uh and of course then the the first order themselves and when they do finally arrive with captain phasma and major von reg um we get a nice moment where poe and kaz run around the corner and it, yeah, very similar to a new hope right where yep. han runs around the corner runs and, and sees those stormtroopers um poe runs around the corner as well but instead of running off he just freezes and then of course Kaz smacks right into him um, mm -hmm. And this is and this is funny where it's like you know you get the no engagement no engagement mm -hmm. and what does Poe do? He of engages. He did not. He was provoked. He well, was. He was provoked. Tom, how could you? He say only that? pointed his blaster at the explosives. To be fair. Okay. okay, he was, but but also remember he kept telling Kaz, you know, trust me, back up, back up, back up. And it took me a second to realize what he was doing. He was putting the the stormtroopers on either side of them. In between doors, or actually he and Kaz, in between two doors to where once Poe did the proper thing and shot the control panels, the blast door shut, which gave them the ability to escape. What he should have done at the same time, right before the blast doors blew, shot the bombs. Yeah, I mean, did you see the explosion happened. at the end? Well, yeah, okay, yeah. Actually, I, to okay, be fair, didn't, didn't he shoot the bombs? Did I miss that? I saw I'm the doors pretty... close and they run. I'm pretty sure there's a sequence where he shoots the bombs as the door. You might be right now. Yeah, I have to go back and Okay. And actually, it makes me wonder why it is so apparently one bomb only blows up like a corridor. It doesn't even go through a blast door, but a few more that are well, you don't know how many they they placed, Steven. Maybe they That's placed true. like a thousand of them around the station. Okay. Okay. Hang on, William. You would be correct, except they land. At least some of the stormtroopers are looking for Poe and Kaz. And then they're gone. Like, What's Major Von Reg doing the whole explosives? time? Yeah, there really wasn't. He's planting explosives. <laughs> okay, so so I'm going to ask another question here. So No. Sorry. Okay, thank ahead. you. That's no problem. So when Poe was told not to engage, at this point, because he shot the controls in the bomb, can he at least go to Leia and say, hey, you told me not to engage. I didn't engage anybody. All I did was shoot controls on a bomb. I think that's the moment where Leia sighs and just kind of like gestures for Poe to just leave. Because <laughs> what am I going to do with you, Poe? Yeah. Yeah. What am yeah. I going to do? Yeah. Okay. I was just trying to take his defense because I could see him actually try that. Yeah. yeah. Oh, absolutely. I can see it too. It's just I don't think it, it's mm. going to fly. Yeah. 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 It would not fly, especially especially with Kaz. Kaz will actually tell the truth. Yeah. Kaz would. Kaz would not. Oh know no, he can't. He take, can't lie. Take Poe's back. <laughs> kidding. Yeah. Uh, but uh, no, I, I, this episode had a lot of great. I, li I love the chase sequence on on, on the on the base, um, mm -hmm. and the in the and the eventual space battles. I mean, you know, Poe and 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 Kaz have very different ways of evading or you know getting away <laughs> from uh, the first order. Kaz is mostly just yeah. hiding and evading, and Poe is well engaging as you would expect. Yeah, um, and uh, it's kind of a nice little little scene, and you know, Kaz even gets some. He gets a little moment there where he saves Poe by crashing a giant crane into a catwalk and causing all of the First Order 
uh, troops to fall to the ground below. Which, to, which, that's another thing in which when you see Phasma fall, you're like, great, that's all she does is fall. Okay, she's going <laughs> yeah, to disappear out of nowhere. She's going to disappear out of nowhere and come back later. At least this time when she fell, you got to see her land. Yeah. You got to see her recover. And you actually got to see her basically walk away without a scratch. I'm so glad you brought that up. Thank <laughs> you. <laughs> what did you guys think of Phasma overall in this episode? I'm actually happy we got to see Phasma. I am too. She clearly can't shoot, though. Nor can the rest Neither of the, can the other one. Well, this is great because we got Phasma, we got Leia, and we got Poe in one episode. <laughs> Normally, they've been like one or the other. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, but no, she she cannot shoot. Worth. Well, well, again, as Stephen said, neither can the First Order stormtroopers. No. So okay, so let's put it this way: It seemed like when they got to um, uh, Force Awakens. When you first see Poe Dameron and uh, Lars Anteca, those guys appeared, those set of stormtroopers could actually shoot. So these were the guys that weren't at that base. These were the guys that are probably in training to shoot better. I mean, they're basically well, a demolition squad. Uh, so. And to be fair, we're dealing with a you know a t- kids' TV show, so maybe we don't That's need true. to see them masters of precision. That's true. But That's I wish true. But, uh, so, you know, as usual, Kaz cannot even manage to climb inside an X-Wing. He <laughs> hops on very oh, clumsily. Did, did, he, did he go in head first? Or did he land head first into his X-Wing? Or am I, am I imagining that? He was he, definitely he struggling. Man, I, mean, I mean, I've seen it twice. No, Kaz, but... Sorry, Kaz. Yeah, I think Kaz did. Okay. That makes sense. Oh, and, yeah, it's Kaz we're talking about. Of oh, course Kaz. Yeah. Oh, Kaz. Yeah, poor poor Cass. Oh well. And this is cool. This is cool because we actually got to see space flight sequences. Yes. Been a while. It was really cool looking and very very reminiscent of uh the Battle of Scarif in Rogue One mm-hmm. in, from in many ways. It was such a great was very well shot, beautifully animated and um uh and and drawn or it was very yeah. very well. Yeah. Very well done. Yeah, especially the one the one thing I liked about this episode, when the base actually blew up, that whole animation section was actually pretty cool. And I could sit there and say it was pretty cool it's, to see something blow up. And I again I credit where credit's due. I yep. loved Kaz diving his X Wing behind the uh asteroid. Yeah. Actually like, one of the that, smartest moves he's ever he's ever done. Yeah. Actually, sorry, that it was that and it was the fact that um has actually saved Poe as well. Yeah. Yeah. He moments I was like, hey, that's actually like doing a good job. Good job. He's learning. Way to go, Kaz. Step at a time. He's learning. He he has his moments. He doesn't have many of them, but he does have them. You're right. He does have them. Rarely. (laughs) I mean, I love that he even acknowledges it in the show that he doesn't have many moments. Oh, I loved it. (laughs) Yeah. Yes. That's what makes it okay, right? When when the characters themselves acknowledge it, that that makes things much better. I think having that having that self awareness mm-hmm. works. Yeah. And if the writers the writers and it appears the show is acknowledging it and using it to their advantage, makes it even more fun. Yeah, yeah. And that they had some nice tension with you know the there were a few moments after the after the giant explosion where. Um, 
you know, they, they, they tried to make you think that Kaz was dead. I don't think anyone actually believed that Kaz was dead. Well, you can't because BB-8's there. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, okay. We know even more of a reason. No, BB-8 doesn't die. But yes, exactly. It's a very good point. See, that's why that's why he was going to survive the fireball. Although I don't know, BB-8 could have su- survived. Uh, wait, which fireball, Tom? The uh, fireball, fireball of the explosion well, or the fireball? Actually, shift? both fireballs. <laughs> Think of this way: both fireballs. The fireball at the beginning because Kaz took off without the stabilizer thingy inside, and yeah. then this fireball once Station Theta Black blew yeah. up, so he survived two fireballs. So you know he's going to be around for a while. Yeah. Oh yeah. Sure. When you put it that way. Although yeah. he's a droid, so I don't know. Maybe he get a little charred and he'll well, be fine. Yeah, I mean, it adds character if he gets charred and dented a little bit, repainted. You know, it happens. It happens. Yeah, but you know that it's the character of the thing. Do you really want him to come out looking like a brand new thing every time he gets dented? Boba yeah. Fett didn't fix that dent in his helmet. That's different. That's that was more. That was a uh, style. Stylistic uh, choice. Okay. All right. <laughs> um, but back on the, they, they eventually escape and they get back to the tent of four or port back to Leia. And, um, you know, they, Leia is very thankful. And, uh, you know, as we talked about, uh, they, they now have that, that Intel that can help the resistance. Um, and she, she even thanks Kaz and says that, you know, mm-hmm. if, if, if she believes the what the first order is planning is true, she's gonna need people like him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, and I almost get the sense that this might be a hint of things to come. Right, Kaz is optimistic. There's uh, others that will join the fight if they know what's going on. And I have to wonder, is that where the story is gonna go next? Kaz being the one to go out and start recruiting people to the resistance, not too dissimilar oh, from Ezra. Yeah, but okay, but would you want him to be the one to go out and recruit? I don't know how successful he'd be, but... Yeah, and then then the other thing that I found very surprising, what did you guys think of him when he mentions his father as being possibly one of the unbelieving senators when it comes to the First Order? Definitely interesting. Yeah. We've we've always known there's a little bit of... uh, Oh, what do you call it? Drama between the two of them, and that, Mm -hmm. I think, just confirms it. Yeah. I wonder if his his father's involved, almost. Like... Why wouldn't he believe it? Does he just not? So they make the Order case that involved. some senators would yeah. not believe it because they're, they're, they're trying to profit from it. Is that his father or is he not believing it for some other reason? I don't know. It's going to be, it's going to be a story thread, hopefully going into the rest of the season next season that they pick up on because you wouldn't drop a line like that. If you're not going to explore that at some point. Yeah, absolutely. I would hope so. Maybe, yeah. yeah. So I, I don't know. My, I suspect we'll find out. I like your theory, to Stephen, that Tam, uh, sorry, that Tora is actually the spy. Yeah. Um, and that will kind of happen this episode. That will probably wrap out the wrap up the Colossus. BB-8 will go on his way, and Kaz might then join up with the rest of the Resistance and actually go on, you know, more missions. For for mm-hmm. the uh, for the resistance and go and help recruit and try to bring on new people and convince them of the the threat of the first order could be interesting. I would I'd find it very interesting that would you really have Kaz as your recruiter? 
I mean, I mean, there's a lot of times I've thought, would I really have Kaz do something? But yeah, that, yeah that's, why, I that's mean, really what I'm asking. Let's think about where else, like, where else would you put Kaz, Tom? He's he's positive. He's got a good heart. He's positive, he's friendly. Okay. Um, I, okay, I I I can't I can't go any further with it because I you know yeah no you got a good point. He could probably do okay. it. I think he could pull it off. We'll see. We'll see going into the next, you know, the the rest of the season. What will be fascinating is when the show comes back, where it's going to go at this point. Because I'm still mm-hmm. looking at it from the point of view of you inter- you introduced all those racers on the Colossus, all, you know, the aces, and you've not had one story that really involves all those characters of the aces. <coughs> No, we haven't. And I would love to see more of that. As we talked about, I feel like they're all kind of yep. underused right now. Yeah, and it's going to be interesting. After this episode, how are they going to weave that story of racing into the rest of the season? Since you've done this really big hit of the First Order at mid-season, you really can't go back to racing for you know, the next episode. Cause you've got everybody basically on the edge of their seats to go back to racing. You're going to be like, so what we just saw at mid season means nothing right now coming into the second half of the season and try and, wow. you know, cover that maybe an episode or two in. I mean, I don't know. I, I was really trying to think about this. This episode was big because we saw Phasma, right? Because we saw an abandoned first order base. On the one hand, yes, it's big. But on the other hand, it's not that big. But it's big enough to advance the story forward. That That's what I'm looking at. It's big enough to prove that there's something definitely going on within the First Order, that you had to get Leia involved, you had to do reconnaissance on a base, mm-hmm. and that base that they did reconnaissance on, the First Order specifically blew it up yeah. in this episode to hide something. No, you're right. I just, I guess I feel like in in Rebels, this would have been one of those side stories. Oh, totally ways. agree. Totally, totally agree. Yeah. And in this, in Resistance, it's the, it's the mid-season finale. Yeah. And it kind of ended on, I don't know, I feel like it almost kind of ended on a whimper. Like, they escaped, they got the data, but they got to go recruit some more people, and I don't even think we're going to see that for a while, maybe if at all. I don't know. Yeah, it's it just it's not a strong mid-season finale by any stretch of the imagination. It no. felt like just another episode. Yes, that's exactly my point. Yeah. Yeah. It was an enjoyable guys... episode. Oh, I liked seeing episode. the First Order and Phasma and Leia and uh, finding out more about how the First Order is getting their weapons. That's all good stuff. Mm-hmm. And it does yeah. advance the story a bit, which is nice. Yeah. It's but... a really good episode. You know, it's just how they're going to follow up with this coming into the second half of the season. You know, we'll see. Yeah, I don't know. So far, we we don't really know anything about the next episode. um, Other than that, it will it will air on January 6th. And um, that's about it. Uh, We don't know. Keep us on the edge of our seats until uh, the description. We know nothing we knew mm. nothing. So, do. <laughs> well, I think what we can find out 
is what our overall rating for the episode is and who would like to go first. You know what, Tom, since you brought it up, why don't you go first? Oh, man. Okay. I'm going to turn it back on you. Okay, thank you. I think I'm going to take the challenge. And I am going to give this episode a solid eight. Um, I've, I've, I'm getting to the point where I think I've said enough through the episode to where I really can just get right on to what I'm going to do with my Womp Rats. Because it was a good episode for what it was. You know, there's not much more to say that, that will push me further to make maybe give it a nine. But it's an eight episode. I am taking my eight Womp Rats. And the one thing you did not see on Station Theta Black was it was the actual Womp Rats that were laying the explosives all over the station. Because these little eight Womp Rats are so fast, you never saw them place any of those explosives. The problem was, they didn't get off in time. They were fast enough to place the explosives, but they were too slow to get off before it was blown up. It's horrible. Just tragic. I don't know what to say. But eight is what I got. Steven? Uh, so I think I'm going to give it a seven and a half Womp Rats out of ten. Um, the only thing I really could have wished for is I wish the final battle had had a little more. Sorry, this final space battle, a little more pizzazz to it. It was a little too much of, uh, hey, we're flying this lazily to the left, to the left, <laughs> to the left. Um, but all that being said, I still enjoyed it. Um, I thought it was a good episode. Um, so yeah, seven and a half Womp Rats. Uh, you know, Tom, a funny coincidence. My Womp Rats were also on the station. Oh, they were? Uh, but, they, but they live there. The First Order is just monstrous and doesn't care. And so they, they all died. They didn't clear the Womp Rats out oh, before they... They did man. not evacuate the Womp Rats. Unbelievable. So basically... This, this so more than anything, is what will turn the galaxy against Gotta them. get that evidence back. Yeah, yeah so... It's so crucial. So basically, Womp Rats blew up their fellow Womp Rats. It's just... Can you believe that, Tom? Wow. Just horrible. God, I'm going to have to talk to these guys next time. <laughs> you know, basic safety. Don't just, what are you going to do? Well, look for you, blow something up. Yeah. All right. All right, William. <laughs> uh, you know, this was a enjoyable episode. I liked how it, we got to see Phasma. Uh, I feel like, you know, I said a lot of this already, but we got, I like how we got to see Phasma and Leia and Poe, especially all in one, together in one episode, which is, is not as often. Um, and I thought they all did a great job. Um, voicing them and playing them, um, and just seeing you know a bit about the how the first order's uh, getting their getting their weapons. Kaz is he's he's getting better. He's you know he, he's still a little klutzy at times, but uh, he's helping Poe and get some good good space battles. So overall, it was a, it was a it was a fine episode. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and I I think I'll give it an eight out of ten. And uh, my eight Womp Rats. Well, you know when the uh, the fireball was missing a stabilizer at the beginning. The the resistance, knowing that they they couldn't repair the fireball or risk blowing Kaz's cover, just put eight womp rats in the uh, the engine compartment so they can just blow <laughs> on the engine to cool it off and hopefully oh, stabilize yeah. the internal temperature uh, on its way down. And so they, he could safely land without the fireball exploding, exploding without any repairs. Funny. I thought you were going to say the eight Womp Rats are going to actually be the ones holding everything together since it was lacking a stabilizer. I mean, they were basically doing that. They were holding it together and blowing it. Oh, that's true. Uh, true. Okay, there you go. Yeah, That's good. Good one. Oh, God, it's been a day. (laughs) 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 So I guess guess that when it comes to the episode on January 6th, 
at this point, we may have one special episode coming up, and then we're taking a break until after the uh, new year. Yeah, we're uh, we're looking to have one new, another episode in probably two weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the hope. Sounds about right. If all goes yep. well, um, and uh, you know, of course, do not miss Lego Star Wars: The Freemaker Adventures, the, uh, the season finale. Sorry. Yes, All Stars. Although it has all very stars. close ties to the Freemaker Adventures, which is too cool, people. Hey, I hey, love it. No gotta spoilers. It. I still got to catch up on it. You got to watch it, Stephen. It's really I didn't good. Say anything. It's good. You didn't say anything. Uh, yeah. I'll get to it. Okay? Got to find out what happens to Kerbala the Hut. Oh God, that <laughs> right, was my favorite. Was my favorite best. character. My, that was oh, he's the great. best. He's great. Um, I, I want to watch that episode one more time because that actually <laughs> was real fun. Um. But uh, yeah, so so stay tuned. We'll be reviewing uh, those episodes soon as well. Uh, but Resistance will not be back until January sixth. So stay tuned. We got more coming out to you before the end of the year. But uh, we'll be back in January with our review of Resistance. So stay tuned for that. And uh, the episode's coming up in a couple weeks. Thank you for listening to the Ion Cannon Podcast, your source for entertainment reviews from a galaxy far, far away. For over a decade, Ion Cannon has covered every corner of the saga, from the films and animated series like The Clone Wars and Rebels, to books, comics, games, and more. If you like what you hear, please rate us in your favorite podcast client. Your review will help this show grow within the Star Wars community. We can be found at our website, ioncannoncast.com, and you can follow us through Facebook and Twitter. To email us, you can do so at contact at ioncannoncast.com. The Ion Cannon Podcast is not associated with Lucasfilm, The Walt Disney Company, or any and all of their respective trademarks or copyright holders. Any opinion expressed on the show are that of the hosts. This podcast is a production by fans, for fans, and is copyright 2018.